from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We're proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Had some technical difficulties this week, and uh, that continued into this morning, but we're happy to be here with you on the broadcast. Appreciate you turning in, tuning into the show every, like I said, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash DT, and of course on WakeUpCallDT.com. Got a jam-packed show coming up for you today, and I'm very, very proud to say that my alma mater of Marywood University is going to be on the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor in just a few moments. We'll be joined by Enrico Mastriani. Enrico Mastriani, the head coach in his fourth season with the Marywood Pacers men's basketball team. So we'll talk with Enrico, and then we'll move on to, in the first hour, to Gabby Holko. Gabby Holko, the in her first season with Marywood University as the women's basketball head coach. And then in the second hour of the show, we will be joined by the American Athletic Conference. Half of the conference will be on the show today. With the American Athletic Conference, I am proud to say that I will be joined by Charlie Strong of South Florida, Josh Heupel of Central Florida, as well as Willie Fritz of Tulane, Jeff Collins of Temple, Mike Norvell of Memphis will be joining the show, and Luke Fickle of Cincinnati as well. And that'll all be coming up in the second hour of the broadcast. We'll get into some NFL discussion as well. So thank you to everybody who has joined us this morning. Like I said, a few technical difficulties here in the studio this morning. It happens when you do over 200 shows a year. You're bound to have one or maybe two or hopefully none, but there are times. So things will uh, things will get hopping here, and in just a little bit, we'll have Enrico Mastriani onto the broadcast. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity of speaking with Enrico as always. He's always a pleasure to have on the show and a pleasure to to be around so much respect and much appreciation for Enrico as as I know that what he's doing at Marywood is is something special and I know he's been working on it for you know a long time and since the moment he really stepped in to Marywood University it has been something different and unique and special in all the right ways so I give him a lot of credit and a lot of respect to the work that he's put forward and the things that he has tried to do to help this program to push itself to a place where, you know, they have positive seasons every single season and they have continued, you know, that continued success in that culture that you can build with, you know, the culture of winning and the culture of really just doing things the right way and finding the right kids that are going to not only give to your team, but also give to your university and give to your community and give to, you know, the program as a whole. So, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Enrico, and I'm very, very excited and uh, definitely have a lot of respect for Gabby Holko, who I had the opportunity to talk with after she got the job here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and now we have the opportunity to speak further from that. So they will be coming up in just a little bit. So those of you that have 
tuned in to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora this morning that want to hear from Marywood University's men's and women's basketball team. Fear not. They will be on the broadcast shortly here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And with that being said, I do want to get into some things this morning before we get into uh, Marywood University men's and women's basketball, and that is the NFL and some of the things that are going on in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell obviously has made the decision to not play the entire season. So he has left on the table $14.5 million. $14.5 million, like I said and, and have been saying, if you made $100,000 a year, $100,000 a year, I want you to put this into perspective. If you made $100,000 a year and worked for 50 years, you would make $5 million before taxes. He was set to make $14.5 million in 16 weeks before taxes. So he would make more money than you would see in 50 years making $100,000 before taxes in 16 weeks. And he left it on the table. Just to put it into perspective and give you some reality. The man wants to get paid. He wants to get treated like he is the best running back in the country. But the difference between him and the good running backs in the country is they're playing football. He is not. They're out there. He is not. They're giving to their team. He is not. They're in the locker room. They're on the field. They're in the community. He's not. So, you know, I understand a man wanting longevity. I understand... I understand a man or a woman want longevity. I understand them wanting their money. I understand them wanting respect. But at the end of the day, he took a year of football away from himself. He made the decision not to play. He made the decision not to sit down and have the conversations. And ultimately, it turned into what we're watching right now, which is a you-know-what show. And it's really sad and it's very unfortunate that we are where we are right now with Le'Veon Bell. We're not going to see him the entire season. I did not draft him in any of, my, any of my fantasy drafts because of the fact that I saw that this was kind of an ugly marriage that could turn into divorce. So I left it be what it is, and I was like, I'm not drafting Le'Veon Bell. I'm not putting him on my team. I'm not dealing with that type of headache. And now, for the people that did draft him, you thought, okay, well, maybe he'd be out for this amount of time or that amount of time. He's not playing the entire season. Keep in mind the fact that Le'Veon Bell had played back-to-back seasons late because of suspensions, because he had broken NFL rules on substances. So this is not a guy who's never been injured. This is not a guy who's never been selfish. This is not a guy who's never gotten himself in trouble before with the NFL. So the problems were mounting. The holdout was insane. And the fact that he would take the time to hold out and leave that money on the table and be that mad at the Steelers' numbers. I understand being upset. You know, I work for myself. I own my own company. I'm very proud to do so. But if for some reason I was going to work for somebody else, and I was in contract discussions, and I wasn't getting necessarily the money that I wanted to get, I would not keep myself off the airwaves for a year. I wouldn't stop myself from broadcasting and getting out to you. So I just find the issue... I just find issue with the fact that that he would turn down the entire season, that he would put himself in a position... 
like this. And lose an entire season. And all of that money. So, to me, it's just, it's sad, it's ridiculous, it's unfortunate. But the Steelers look fine without him. You know, and everything happens for a reason. James Conner would have never gotten this opportunity. Ever. He would have never gotten this opportunity. If not for what Le'Veon Bell did. Because Le'Veon Bell had this mentality, allegedly, that he was needed. That the team would be unsuccessful without him. That they couldn't function without him. And the reality of it all is they figured out a way to function without him. They figured out a way to live without him, to flourish without him, to be without him. They figured it out. And I give them a lot of credit for believing in somebody like James Conner, and I give him a lot of credit for not freaking out and going and trying to get a veteran and trying to put somebody on the team, but giving him an opportunity, giving him a chance, giving him something to work with. The thinking, okay, you know what? We believe that you can do this. We're going to give you a shot to do this. I give them a lot of credit for that because I don't know if every team would do that. If every team would give him the chance that, and speaking of James Conner, give him an opportunity, give him something. Or if they would just, you know, beg Le'Veon Bell to come back. So, ultimately... This Le'Veon Bell saga hurt Le'Veon Bell. It didn't hurt the Steelers in the long run. It saved them money. They're winning. They're successful. They're moving forward. So, to me, I don't know how the Steelers lost this one. But it sure as heck looks like Le'Veon Bell lost this one. And no matter how big of a fan some people are of Le'Veon Bell, he lost this one. You can think what you want to think and feel how you want to feel. But he lost this one. And it's the great unfortunate of the situation, but it's the reality of it all. He lost. And now he has to figure out what he's going to do with his future a year removed from football, a year older. 
and he wants the money and 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 wants the money, but he refused to play. And I get it. I get him wanting longevity. I get him wanting to be protected. I get him wanting to secure himself for the rest of his career and the rest of his life. I get all of that. But losing $14.5 million is not going to help you for the rest of your life. Losing $14.5 million in a year of football is not going to make you more prepared or better. It might extend your career, but superficially because you're not playing. So you say, okay, he's in a position right now where he's removed from football. And now he has to deal with that. He has to deal with the fact that football has been taken away from him, but not from anybody but himself. It's on him. It's not on them. It's on him. I don't know everything that they've been through. I don't know every situation that they have felt, speaking of the Steelers and and speaking of Le'Veon Bell. But I do know the reality of it all is that Le'Veon is in a position right now where things aren't working out, and now he hasn't played football. And we're going to break from the NFL conversation. We have had more than enough technical difficulties this morning in the studio, so we are more than happy to have the man on the broadcast, Enrico Mastriani, the Marywood University Pacers men's basketball head coach. We appreciate him being patient. We appreciate you being patient. And, you know, apparently God wanted to – God wanted to play with me a little bit this morning, or maybe that was Apple. I don't know. But with that being said, Enrico, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, it's just, it's 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 the technical world that we live in today where, you know, things can kind of decide when they want to or when they don't want to. So I appreciate your patience. I got my picture for you. Now, Enrico Mastriani, just just to let everybody know, Enrico has has owed me an entire wardrobe, you know, of for the for the Marywood Pacers men's basketball team. A hat, a shirt, shorts, a jersey. The I mean, at this point, you know, I, I feel like I should have a jersey that has on the back like the XFL. He hate me. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Dan, I mean, I, I keep telling you, you just have to come visit me more. You don't, you don't come and spend enough time in Scranton. You're too busy following around the Jags and, uh, you know, Syracuse. I mean, come see us a little bit. Well, that's the thing is that I, uh, and, and you know what, I'm taking you up on that because I am bringing myself down there. I owe a visit to my buddy Ross, and so uh, you know, it's kind of like get a bunch of things done at the same time. But there's there's a lot that has gone up up here up north. And it is with, uh, you know, it's with pleasure that I'll have an opportunity to come down there very soon. But you sent me a picture this morning, speaking here with Enrico Mastriani, Marywood Pacers men's basketball head coach, sent me a picture 
of a of a Marywood basketball shirt, which allegedly is coming to me. So so, how did you finally get this done? How are you able to achieve that? I finally get a shirt. We just needed to restock the inventory. You know, we uh, we we have some bigger guys here. You're you're in a little bit of a smaller size, so I I didn't have enough uh, you know liquid uh, assets to send out there. Uh, <laughs> but now. Now we got our new order in, and we made sure to add you to the list. So we're we're good to go from here on out. So I'm on the list. I'm good to go. This is the beginning of many things. You know, kind of like it's it's a, like a Godfather feeling. Like, all right, send the shirt. If the shirt's nice, then send the hat. If the hat's good, then we could talk about something else. So this is good. This is a start, and I appreciate it very much. Making progress. That's what we're doing. That's all you got to do. So this is season number four for you. And you bring me into, I mean, hindsight 2020, we've talked about year one, year two, year three, you've been on the show all the way through it all. What does year four feel like? What is the, what does the culture feel like with Marywood men's basketball? Uh, you know, honestly, I mean, it's, it's evident that we've been, we've been pushing forward for the, the culture, the style, the, uh, expectations year after year. And, and the guys now are starting to, you know, um, teach themselves, teach each other, coach each other. Uh, it, it's where we wanted it to get to. You know, all great teams, uh, their their best asset is that they coach each other. They they're not afraid to let each other know when they're doing something wrong. They're not afraid to you know encourage each other or, or support one another. Um, you know, in the first couple of years, things were a little timid. Guys were afraid to speak about things and you know kind of let some things go by the wayside. And now we're we're really in a in a place now where our veterans have kind of taken the reins and, and they're saying, okay, this is our program. This is what we've worked so hard to get to. And, uh, we're going to maintain that now. So, uh, the expectations for this season are high. And, and I think, you know, in some ways, maybe, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the pressure is as you get on and on with this year after year, you start to expect to be better. You know, that's, that's the goal every year. We're supposed to be better than we were the year before. And certainly with recruiting and stuff, sometimes it doesn't always work that way sometimes you have a down year but um this is a year that we're expecting to continue to build on what we did last year speaking here with enrico mastriani the head coach of the marywood pacers men's basketball team like you said you start to have success then there's the mentality of continued success and that you know there is a bar that you set high and you have to continue to push when you are working on so many different things, right? You're getting the game plan together. You're figuring out, obviously, this new conference. You're figuring out the opponents that you have, some familiar, some unfamiliar. And as you're doing all of that, you're scheming. You're trying to figure out what players are going to work, what offense you want to run, what defense you want to run, when you're going to switch into this and switch into that. Then you're recruiting. Then you're building on the guys that you have. Then you're building on the nucleus, and you're going through practice, and you're making sure the people are going to class and doing what they need to do with that. There are so many things, so many jobs that a head coach does that go well beyond a couple hours on the court, on the sideline. Bring me into that and juggling everything and making it all come together. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. And I think the other part, you know, in the Division Three world, you know, we uh, as a head coach, you're doing all those things and then some. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the recruitment. That's a big piece of it. You know, you're traveling, your time on the phone, emails. Um, fundraising is a huge part of it, you know, and, and that's another thing that takes a lot of time and effort. And, and sometimes, 
you know, if you're not careful, it can take you away from the, the important part of, of coaching the team and, and being with the guys. And, uh, you know, we're trying to balance that as best as we can while still trying to build, you know, our program. And when we say build our program, we mean all of those things. We mean in fundraising, in, in recruitment, in, uh, you know, strategy, all of those things. So I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed. I have a great staff. Uh, the guys have been uh, all in. Uh, the staff has been has been great about helping out with everything, uh, with all of our events, and and some guys, you know, pick up the load for you when when you can't get it done. And you know, we all have different strengths and, and weaknesses, and so my job is to try to kind of manage that and put guys in areas where I think that they can help us succeed. And you know, and also the veteran guys, I, I can't say enough about them. I mean, they're, you know, they've been through it now. Some guys three years, some guys two. Some guys, this is their fourth, you know, so it's it's good to have that kind of support around you. And when you have, you know, that support and you have some longevity on the team and you have some of those veterans, how have you seen them create? How, how have you seen them kind of bring something forward? You know, the guys that have been around the block, the guys that have been on the team, you know, how have they essentially established their leadership? What have you seen from them? And like you said, you can't be afraid to coach each other. Have you seen them do that? Yeah, you know, in, in small doses. I mean, I think we're still kind of growing into this season. It's still early yet. Um, you know, we have we had 11 returners, uh, but we also had a lot of newcomers. And so, you know, when you look at that, it's it's a pretty even balance or, or mix. And so there's still a little tentativeness sometimes with trying to hold guys accountable because you're really not sure how they're going to respond. And, and, you know, you don't want to lose anybody. But at the same time, you know, guys have to kind of step up and do it the way the way it needs to be done, you know, the way that we've we've mapped it out for them. Um, but, you know, the, the difference year after year in coaching these guys and seeing them grow. And, and I'll just speak specifically to our, our senior captain, uh, Thomas Swartz, uh, you know, we, we've seen him grow so much from his freshman year all the way through to now and not just on the court, although that's been phenomenal to watch, but as a leader, uh, some of the things that he's done and, and just leading by example, the guys have really latched on. I don't think there's any question to them that when the game is on the line, you know, it's, it's in his hands and there's no question that when there's a big decision that needs to be made about the team, you know, he's going to have a major impact on that. So it's, uh, it's good to see him take on that role and, and see his maturity over the few years that we've been together now. And I just can't wait to see how it all ends for him. That coming from Enrico Mastriani this morning here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You have been away from home for your first couple games. College of New Rochelle, you got a victory over them, 89-84 to in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and then fell in a close one, 89-82 to against Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. You are home tonight, perfect timing, November 14th, today, Wednesday, November 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You will be at home against Penn State Lehigh Valley. Just what you could say about coming home, having your first home game in front of the crowd, and, and Penn State Lehigh coming into town. Yeah, it's always exciting when you uh, when you get to tip off the home opener. I, you know, the, the tournament at Lycoming was tough, and, and Lycoming is a great team. And, uh, you know, honestly, we just we didn't put our best foot forward there. Uh, we got into a hole in that game, and, and uh, I think if we would have played for 40 minutes, we could have seen a different outcome. But 
you know, it's in the past and we're moving forward and we're trying not to make that mistake again. And having a chance to come home and, and play in front of your home crowd is, is awesome. Uh, we're hoping it'll be electric tonight. Uh, usually, you know, the home opener is. And I, I told the guys last night at practice, I said, you know, you guys have been here for both the success and the failures. You know that if we don't put on a good show in that first one, uh, you know, the crowd kind of dwindles after that. So we want to make sure that we keep those fans coming and uh, keep them engaged. So tonight should be a, a good show for us, I hope. Do you get that, you know, that sense, like you said, you know, you want you want the the hometown crowd to be there. You want them to show up, but you got to show them something in that first game so that they keep coming back. Do you get the sense that it has to be kind of like every single game, you got to show it, got to show it, got to bring it, and because it's it's so touchy. I mean, I deal with that with Syracuse football here in Syracuse, New York, where, you know, they have to do a lot of things to get the fans to to stay in the seats, to come into the seats. Do you get that notion? I mean, how how is that, you know, the relationship between getting people in the seats and the game itself? Do you feel like it's gotten better? I know when I was there that there were moments of good and moments of eh. So how how do you address it, and, and where is it right now? Well, I think the way that you get it to stay there is, is you keep winning. I mean, that's that's definitely, you know, when you talk about culture, Dan, that's part of it, right? The winning culture is a mentality. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, status that you need to uh, maintain, you know. So if you can maintain that and you can keep, you know, building on your success, then – the fans will keep coming. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's twofold. I mean, Marywood basketball historically, you know, hasn't been great as far as, you know, continued success. And so, you know, maybe it is a little touchy for some of the fans. They're not so sure if they want to buy in yet. And, and that's our job to make them do that. It's our job to, you know, entice them, put that little carrot out there and say, Hey, look, we're building something special. You're not going to want to miss it. And uh, I think this year, this is the team that can do that for sure. I, we did it a lot last year. You know, we, we strung a nice, uh, you know, few wins together there last year and uh, finished the season with a lot of records. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about winning the games that matter the most, and that's playoffs and, and championships. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to push forward to that. And as you push forward, as, as you move forward here, just what you could say about – you know, what you've learned about yourself. You know, you came when you came in, you and I had a discussion about doing things the right way the first time, every time, building a culture that you could be proud of, building a foundation with morals and values that you could be happy with, getting people to buy in and have a collective mind. Where is all that at right now? Well, I'll tell you what. I, uh, I came in here four years ago and, uh, you know, had, had the idea or the intention to – imprint you know what i believed was the right culture for this program um you know i, I kind of pressed hard about it and made sure that everybody felt it that this is what it's going to be there wasn't a lot of wiggle room in it um because there wasn't that element of trust yet and so as you go through the years and you recruit and you start bringing in your guys and and you know in the recruitment process we we you know revealed a lot of that culture initiative and um you know the guys that we recruited were bought in already you know they believed in what we were what we were telling them we, they believed in the the vision that i had and, and we as a staff had for the program um it was something that they wanted to be a part of so when they got here and they they started to become ours it got a little easier to coach because you know now those guys were coming in already with the same notion the same goal that they wanted to be champions they wanted to build something special and they understood that it was going to take 
commitment, sacrifice, and dedication to do that. So, you know, year after year after year, it, it should continue to get easier as long as your message remains the same. And, and it, it hasn't wavered for me, not one bit, from day one. Um, I don't have to push it as hard anymore because now, like I said, the guys in the program are pushing it for me. Um, and that's really how, how we build success from the bottom up. You know, those guys have to keep feeding that message all the way through. And, and if they do, that consistency uh, continues to build. Do you feel that connection, you know, from from Marywood, do you feel that commitment to you? Do you feel like there's longevity with, you know, what you're doing and and their thoughts on that? I mean, do you get a sense of that? I know that there's been a changing of the guard, so to speak, over the last couple of years. But do you get a sense that, you know, there is that commitment to your message and and your intentions at Marywood? You know, I, I think it's a push and pull. I, I think, uh, you know, the idea of continued success, sustained success in uh, men's basketball is, is interesting. It's intriguing. I don't know that everybody really fully understands what, what it takes to get there. Um, we're trying to communicate that on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, change is hard. Change is difficult. You know, you mentioned going into this new conference. This new conference is pretty tough. I mean, if you look at the teams in this conference, uh, in the last, I would say, probably five years, at least at least four of them, maybe five, have been to the national tournament multiple times. You know, so it's it's not something that we're, you know, we shouldn't be taking it lightly, in other words. You know, in order to, to be competitive and, and sustain that success within the conference, we're going to need to reach a new level of competitiveness. And, you know, with recruitment and, and regard to that, you know, uh, it's also about retention, and it's about making sure that we have the programs in place so that these guys can be successful. They are working hard. I mean, the time that, that they put into this, you mentioned the coaches, the players are doing it too. Uh, you know, last night we were in the stands cheering on for our, our women's basketball team at 7 p.m., and at 8 o'clock we went and watched a little film and did some scouting report for our game tonight. 9 o'clock we're back on the court and we had practice until 11 and you know now they had to wake up for 8 a.m. classes today so it's it's not easy what what the student athlete goes through but particularly basketball because our hours are very different um Monday morning we practiced at 6 a.m. last night we're at 9 p.m. you know tonight we're playing at 7 it's it's kind of all over the place so so the the concerns that I would have as a coach going forward is are we putting these athletes in the best position to be successful? Are we offering priority registration so athletes can schedule um, earlier classes and, and have the evenings available for practice and, and games? Are we offering enough courses so that there's selection opportunity for them um, so that they're not getting stuck taking night classes? Even if they had priority registration, you know, that wouldn't matter because, you know, if there's not classes offered. So those are the things that I'm, I'm trying to push for and assist with. Um, just to get our our culture of athletics in a, in a in a better place. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, the head coach of Marywood University Pacers men's basketball. The final thought that I have for you before we have Gabby Hochul on the broadcast is that other team, the Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts on the fact that they kept a coach who went zero and sixteen? What did he win one game in two years, and then they fired him in the middle? of this season because it just wasn't working out. So thoughts on what the hell is going on in Cleveland. They they got Baker Mayfield. They got Antonio Callaway, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. 
David Njoku, Duke Johnson Jr., you would think that there's going to be some success there. There's going to be some scoring, but there was a, there was a disagreement uh, apparently about what Haley wanted and Jackson wanted and the team wanted. So what are your thoughts as a Browns fan? Internal discord was the word. Yeah, that's that's the phrase. Internal discord. I, uh, you know, I, I look back on it and I say I don't I don't think I don't think you could second guess it. I, I you know, Dan, you're you're a spiritual guy. I know that, and and I would tell you, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, I, I think it was kind of a, a thing that they had to go through, that Baker had to go through, that the Browns had to go through. Um, you know, I think at the end they're going to come out on top, and you know, it may not be this year. Hopefully it'll be next year, if not the year after. But this is a very young team, and I think you know the owner and, and the, the head coach, the former head coach, were very close. And I think it was one of those things where you know you kind of had to give them one last shot with a better player, you know, better players, better roster, see how it could go. And and if you find out at the end the result is the same, then why wait until the end of the season? It's uh, it was time to cut loose. So hoping for bigger and better things. I had a nice win this weekend against Atlanta, and you know hopefully uh, this bye week now brings something something new and fresh and get back after it now in the second half they've been close they've played in at one point their first seven games they had played in four overtimes they're they're pushing they're not the browns of old they're the browns of you know don't necessarily go away they weren't finishing at the end but they were getting to the end so have you as a browns fan seen seen a ray of hope something that you can hold on to Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I was one of the naysayers when they drafted Baker Mayfield, and then they took Denzel Ward at four, and I said, geez, I mean, come on, you could have got that defensive end, Bradley Chubb, or any of those other guys. I mean, why are we doing this? And and those two have proven every week, I think one of the three rookies that they're playing a lot has been nominated for Rookie of the Week in the NFL. So it's uh, it's good to see that they, they drafted well, and we finally – we finally didn't miss on draft picks. I think that's something that as Browns fan has been a struggle for us year after year. Um, so I, I have hope. I, I believe that it's going to work out for the best for sure. Yeah, and I have hope that things will work out for the best, like getting a shirt two years later. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. If, if, you stop, if you stop busting my chops, you might get more than a shirt. So just take it easy. <laughs> there you go. But I will be coming down. So, I mean, good for you. I will be coming down, and and uh, you know we'll talk we'll talk off the air about that. I got some got some news for Enrico Mastriani. That's uh, that's that you know that's that behind the scenes news. But I will be coming down to Scranton soon enough. Awesome. So as always, I appreciate it. I thank you for your time. God bless with with tonight's home game, and to all my Marywood Pacers out there that are soon to be Pacers, our Pacers, and our Pacer alum. Go out to the game tonight. Show some love. Show some support. I always ask people, "What are you doing?" So if you everything's on demand now, you can record everything at home. So outside of having dinner with grandma and grandpa, which is essential and important, make sure you get yourself out to the game and show some love to this Marywood men's team and and to Enrico and all the work he's doing. And as always, Enrico, we appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. I'll just throw a shout out to your old old group there, TV Marywood. If uh, our communications department, the students have uh, developed this TV Marywood on YouTube. So you can watch all of our, our home games on TV Marywood on YouTube. So uh, that's another opportunity if you can't make it physically to the game. Absolutely, and, and that's obviously important with MU Courtside being my baby, seeing something like that continue. 
Let's keep it going. So I will talk with you soon, and uh, and yeah. So just be prepared, Enrico. I got I got some news. So I'm I'm waiting. I'm excited. All right, we'll talk soon. God bless. All right, Dan. Thank you. Take care. Thank that coming from Enrico Mastriani one more time. And we will take a quick step aside and be ready for Gabby Holko of the women's basketball team at Marywood University, my alma mater, in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious 9-ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beer. 
chairs. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90-inch monster. Watch your game, enjoy time with family, friends, as well as bringing the kids to the playroom. The SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines, as well as Robert Drummond, Syracuse football alum, and Dan Satora's pregame show two hours before kickoff for every home game. Private parties available as well for as many as 300 people. Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're happy to be here with you this morning and every morning, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Sometimes we go a little bit longer. Typically, we go a little bit longer, definitely on Thursday and Friday shows and when we have the fantasy football and then obviously FML Friday morning live inside of the broadcast where we shoot live video inside of the studio. So a lot of great stuff coming up this week and a lot of good stuff coming up right now. Gabby Holko in her first season as the head coach of the Marywood women's basketball team and Enrico Mastriani who was just on the show. I hope you're listening Enrico because if Enrico's learned anything about Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and me, he knows that he has to listen before he comes on, and he has to listen after he comes off because I always like to just throw a little bit his way. So we're going to do that in just a second. Gabby, how are we doing today? <laughs> Hi, Dan. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And, 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 and Gabby, and, and I know that he's, I know he's on this thing because there was just a message sent across. So he finally, in two years, is sending, allegedly, allegedly, sending me a t-shirt you just said to me you're like what size are you i was like medium you're like sweet i think that i have a hoodie waiting so gabby's stepping the game up and you've been there for what 15 i don't even know if the seat's warm yet so so i mean how do you think enrico's gonna feel about the fact that you get it done quicker than he gets it done i love enrico but you know you're you're working some ot right now coach is going to come in my office and just he's going to be like Gab what are you doing you can't be doing that you got to just give him a t-shirt we got to be equal on this Uh, he just so he just sent he just put thank you call DT as always for a great conversation appreciate your continued support more than you know your shirt will be in transit tomorrow and there's a picture of the shirt so if you priority ship that hoodie that you know, then I can uh, I could throw that toward him. But Gabby, I, I mean, you you gotta you gotta keep him on his toes. So anything Always. that he sends, you gotta you gotta make sure that you send a little bit more. You know, the care package has to be a little bit sweeter because because you gotta you gotta let him know that he's gotta be on it every day. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm always keeping Coach Enrico on his toes. I mean, him and I have a great relationship, and he's been such a fantastic help while me coming into this transition of my first season as being a head coach and especially here at Marywood um he's really taken me under his wing and showed me the ropes around here I mean every school does things a little differently and um coach has been really great with helping me out so I appreciate him what is something about Enrico Mastriani that you appreciate the most I know his personality he's got morals values he has a faith he's got a strong belief so what can you say about what he's been to you and, and kind of, you know, something about Enrico that has stuck out to you. The thing that stuck out to me-
found about Coach is his listening ear. I mean, the biggest thing with Enrico is he's willing to listen and help you think things through, especially, like I said, with this being my first season as a head coach, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my mind, and there's a lot where it's like, I just need somebody to listen and to help me work through that process, and Enrico has been fantastic with that. I'll go down to his office. He's just, I think, four doors down to me to the right, and I'll go down there. I'll shut the door. We'll have a little discussion. I'll go out, and then he'll do the same for me, and it's been it's been great to have a uh, basketball staff that really we get along and we can throw ideas off of each other if it's end of the game situation or if it's an offensive defensive situation I think that our connection is really great and I think it's going to make for um, a great season this year I mean we're going to be traveling a lot together once we come down to our AEC games um, which is our Atlantic East Conference and we're going to be traveling a lot together so it's, it's awesome to have a staff with our men's staff and our women's staff being able to throw ideas off of each other and to respect each other in that aspect. That coming from Gabby Holko, Mary Wood University Pacers women's basketball head coach in her first season. You just had your first game of your first season with Mary Wood yesterday, uh, Tuesday, November 13th. That was at home against Franklin and Marshall. Very close game against a team, like you said, that, that obviously is a, a reputable team, the Diplomats. And 54 to 51 is how the game ended. Bring me into what happened here. Bring me into, I mean, this is a very close game to start off with, 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 a, with a respectable team, as you had told me uh, last night when we were talking. So, you know, just what your takeaways were, what happened, and, you know, the closeness of a game like this, and, and knowing that, you know, to start off your career at Marywood, you were right in it with the Diplomats. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big th- a big thing with our game is our girls worked for 40 minutes. I mean, they laid it all out on the line, and we had some players that were up there, I mean, 35 minutes in a game, and I normally don't like to do that because you want to be able to keep fresh legs and be able to get some subs in and get our get our starters their break that they need early so that in the end of the game situation we can keep them in there. Um, F&M is a very, very good and talented team. They're very experienced. I mean, they start – I think last night they started three seniors and two juniors, so it's they're very experienced in that aspect where we're on the younger side. I mean, we have two seniors, we have zero juniors, and then we have four we have four freshmen and five sophomores. So we're pretty young. We're very young, but our girls really stepped it up. I mean, every time out, every huddle, they were all locked in. And I think that's the biggest thing with this team that we have is they're workers, but they also believe in what we have here. And I tell them every day, we have a very talented team and we don't know how good we can be. And it's just the little fundamental things that we have to keep working on. Um, And it's the less turnovers. We have to have a lot of less turnovers. That was a big downfall for us last night. We had about 17. We like to keep that under 15. If we can have under 15 turnovers, we'll be in a really good situation. Um, Foul shooting has always been a trouble for us since our scrimmages this year. So we went 66% from the line. We want to be, and we do it every day at practice. We have to be 70% or better. And if we are not, we have a consequence with that. And our team has really adapted the consequence mentality that we have to we have to strive for perfection. We know we're not we may not reach perfection, but if we strive for it, we have a good chance at being to the best of our ability. Um, and last night it got down to the wire. I mean, 
it was back and forth, back and forth. I think the biggest lead was only eight points. So defensively, we did a good job. We lost them a couple times in our help side situations where we didn't drop, and we adjusted, and the girls really adjusted to that. But came down late to the wire. I called a timeout. I advanced the ball. Um, we drew up a play to get Araya Unks, who is a sophomore, the ball, and then we were going to throw up a uh, three-point shot out of a play after our slob. And what happened was is everybody makes mistakes. Uh, the ball came in. The referee was looking at the wrong line and called a backcourt violation. Um, so the clock stopped, and two seconds came off the clock, and I was confused. The girls were confused. Um, we didn't get a, an explanation from the referees, which was a big issue for me. Um, but we still got a ride at the ball, and we didn't have a decent look at it and the time expired we didn't have another timeout to call but it was a it was a tough ending but I I'm proud of our team and they are the ones that put the ball in the hoop and they're the ones that I we can call the shots but they're the ones making the plays and I think that's the biggest thing is and they know that they know that I am all for them and I have their back or our saying this year is we over me and it's on the back of our practice shirt. So the biggest thing is we, we as a team are the ones that are going through everything. Speaking here with Gabby Holko, Marywood Pacers women's basketball head coach. Uh, like you said, there are a couple things I want to get to. So when a game is affected essentially by the, the officiating and you don't feel like there's a fair shot so to speak or a, a fair opportunity I mean I, I've spoken with officials before and, and they've made the statement that you know very very clearly you know listen our goal is to walk into an arena a stadium a gym whatever and our goal is to walk in there and you don't know our name and walk out and you don't know our name because we did our job so when when there are plays that happen that put so much focus on the officiating crew, I mean, how hard is that as a coach because it's out of your control? I mean, you can only control what you can control, but like you said, it was hard to get a good look. You didn't have an explanation. Just how you seek to understand and how you seek to grow, knowing that sometimes there's things out of your control that happen in a game that affect what's in your control. Oh, 100%. And I think you said it best is you can only control what you can control. And I really speak to this with our team is we can't, we can't just focus on the referees. We can't focus on bad calls. We're a next play mentality. And when it happens at the end of the game situation, it's really tough. But at the same time, that's where we as coaches have to bring our team back together, reset the play that we were going to do, shake it off, and let's go. And the biggest thing with a referee, the referees is I spoke with our – I spoke with our assigner about it because I, I wanted to know the role because I really wanted to know what happened in that situation. I sent him the clip, and he explained that there should have been an explanation, but there wasn't, and that's okay. Everybody makes mistakes, and that's the type of person I am. I don't hold grudges, um, and it's I make mistakes, the players make mistakes, referees make mistakes, and it's kind of just let's shake it off and let's all learn from this, myself included. I mean, I could have did a better job at huddling our team up real quick before – we had that ball thrown back in. I mean, it's the little things that we just have to learn from and move on. And as you learn and you move on, your first game is under your belt. I mean, obviously it's it's only one game. But what did you see about the effort, the enthusiasm, the togetherness of your team 
did you feel like you had made a, a nice first impression, so to speak, as a team? Absolutely. I think our team made a great first impression of what Marywood women's basketball is going to be this season. Um, like I said, they worked for 40 minutes. I mean, it was a tough game. It was scrappy. It was very, very scrappy. Um, there were a lot of fouls called in the game, a lot of fouls. And I think with the team that we have, we have multiple people that can score the basketball. It's not just we have to rely on one player. We don't have to rely on two players. We have about five players that can consistently score when they're feeling it. I mean, and that's the greatest thing. We have shooters. We have inside. We have the inside game. We have the shooters. I mean, we have it all. And I think that our girls need to just believe in themselves. And that's a big thing that we focus on at practice is we believe in you as a team, as a coaching staff, as an institution. We have to believe in ourselves. And that's the biggest thing with especially our female athletes is they lack confidence. They don't have that ego-driven confidence such as our male athletes. And that's not the knock in our male athletes. They're able to pull within that confidence that they have where with our female athletes, we have to pull that out of them and tell them it's okay to be excited. And that's what I said to our bench in the, in the pregame speech. I said, guys, I want you to be excited. If we make a three-pointer, if we get an and one, I want you guys to celebrate. I want you guys to be excited. I don't care if we get a bench warning. I would actually enjoy a bench warning from a referee. That means you guys are locked in and you are believing in what we are doing out there. And having that connection and having that, you said, we over me, it's on the back of the practice jerseys. Just what you can say about that. I mean, it's a clear-cut statement, but just why that was the one that you chose, why that was the one you needed to have, and, and just what what the we over me mentality, what you're trying to do with it, what you're trying to make it to make it your own. Yeah, exactly. So I think the biggest thing was why I – I thought about it for a while, and I think each team has a different mantra and each team has a different hashtag, and I think the we really stuck with me after I spoke with every single one of our players. We had beginning in the, in the, the beginning of the year individual meetings, and I just spoke with them individually, and it was just very informal and what they wanted out of this season. And each and every single one of our 11 girls said that, they wanted to be a team and they wanted to be there for the team and they don't want to have that one person mentality. And when you, when you come in and you see our team in warmups and or in a practice or in a game, they're, they're all for each other. And I, I think just being able to put that on the back of our shirts and they see it every day, it just clocks in their mind. Like, okay, I have to throw entitlement out of this, out of my mind completely. I can't be entitled to know that I'm going to start this game or I can't be entitled to know that I'm going to play 40 minutes of the game. You have to know that as a coaching staff, we are looking at the bigger picture. It's never anything personal for who starts, who subbed out, nothing. It's with the flow of the game. And that's where the players at the collegiate level, they, they understand it by their senior year, but it's hard for them to understand in their freshman and sophomore year that it's nothing personal. It's just we are putting the best five out there and keeping the best five out there that are going to get us that W on the board and who's working at that time. Sometimes it could be a completely different five than what we practiced all week at practice. Um, and I think with us knowing that it's we, we're locked into it. And 
the girls say constantly is I'm very energetic and this is me 24 seven. I come in, we have 6 a.m. practices and I'm energetic. We come in at night tonight. We're after the men after their game and we're nine to 11 and I'll have the same intensity that I would at 6 a.m. in the morning. And I think that that shows the girls a lot of, okay, coaches, this energy energized, like we have to be that energized. And I think that that has really changed this year for us. That coming from Gabby Holko, Marywood Pacers women's basketball head coach. And, and, and Gabby, as you move forward, you got a bunch of games that are going to be in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Nice way to start off your time and your career with, in this chapter of your life with the Marywood Pacers that's Wil- against Wilkes University is in Scranton, then Kings and University of Scranton. All three of those games at home. Just what that means to start off the season with four at home. The cross-country challenge will be against Wilkes and Kings. But how important that was, and, and as a Marywood University first-year head coach, so this is your first time you know, at Marywood uh, you know, helping out this program and leading this program and, and being a, you know, a part of the face of this program, just how important it was to you to, ha- to start off at home, to start off in front of the hometown crowd, and to get your feet wet knowing that you, know, you have that home court advantage, so to speak. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's great that we don't have to get on the road until our fifth game of the season. And it's really nice to be hosting the Cross County Challenge. I know this is only the, I believe, and don't quote me, but the third year, I think this is the third year for the women. And it's exciting. I mean, I've been in contact with all four of the coaches, and it's all local schools. So we're hoping to get a big crowd out for that tournament. I mean, Friday night games are pretty late. They're 6 and 8 p.m., and then Saturday we're at 2 and 4. So we're hoping to get a good, solid Scranton, Dunmore, Mount Wilkes-Barre, any, all the local community out to these games. And I think it'll be a really good showing. And it's, not, it's awesome for the girls to be able to play their first four games on the court, on our court. And that's a big thing this year is we want to protect our court. And last, last night we fell a little short. Um, but we still can protect our court for we have 24 more games left, so it's exciting. That coming from Gabby Holko, Marywood women's basketball head coach in her first season with the team. The team had a very close matchup with the Franklin and Marshall College Diplomats, and they will be home for three in a row. So I implore you on November 16th, 17th, and 20th to find your way, whether you are a future Marywood Pacer, a current Marywood Pacer, or if you're like me, a Marywood Pacer alum, that you find your way to these games, support the team, put yourself in the stands, and make sure that you get around this school and what they're doing and how they're doing it because it's essential, it's important, and without without that Marywood family, there is no Marywood. So I would implore you to go out and support Gabby and support what she is working to do with a program that has found success recently to continue that sec- success, put her own stamp on it, and make it something special. So, Gabby, keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting and chipping away, and, and I hope that the fans show out for you and show you some love and and that's, uh, you know, definitely everything that you're working toward, I, I'm sure, will come through. Thanks so much, Dan. And thanks for your support. I mean, you bleed gold and green, and it's awesome to see. I mean, I'm excited to start building our alumni chemistry, and we're having an alumni game on January 5th. Um, so if you know any women's basketball alums, tell them to reach out to me. A lot of them, I have about 13 coming back for that alumni game. So I'm pretty excited about that. But thanks, Dan, for having me on, and that hoodie will be in the mail. I'm going to try to priority ship it so it gets there before it goes. You know, you must know my brain. Because I was going to say thank you for stepping your game up and causing Enrico to have to be on his. So I appreciate it. (laughs)
As as always, I thank you, Gabby. I look forward to talking with you soon, okay? All right. I'll talk to you soon, Dan. Thanks. Take care. That coming from Gabby Holko one more time. Enrico Mastriani, you know that I love you to pieces. I do. It's just a playful razzing. He, I'm going to have to roast him, and he's going to have to roast me. Maybe we'll do a dual roast where we have a bunch of people roast me, a bunch of people roast him, and then he gets me last and I get him last. That'd be cool. <laughs> we should do that. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back here. We're in the second hour of the show. Got to get to those coaches that I talked with, that I spoke with this week, and uh, those coaches of the American Athletic Conference include Josh Heupel of Central Florida, Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, who will both be in a game down in Orlando that will be part of College Game Day this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Charlie Strong of South Florida will also be on the show today, including uh, Willie Fritz of Tulane, Mike Norvell of Memphis, and Jeff Collins of Temple. Each and every single one of those gentlemen were in a Q&A with me, courtesy of the American Athletic Conference teleconference. So I want to thank Chuck Sullivan, Mike Oresco, Bernie, and the entire team over at the AAC. And I want to thank all the schools and institutions, all 12 of those football schools, and overall, all 13 of the institutions that are that are a part of it, which include Wichita State. And I am very, very excited to share the conversations with the coaches. Coming up next, each of them having a running theme of why it's a power six and not a group of five right after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing 
their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Thank you for tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on today's very special broadcast of the show with the Marywood University men's basketball team and the Marywood University women's basketball team, both obviously connected to my alma mater. I am a Pacer forever. Hashtag Pacer Pride. Make sure to listen into part two of this, the 207th episode of 2018, which features half of the American Athletic Conference coaches coming up next in my Q&A with those coaches as we head in to, for a lot of teams, their second-to-last game of the regular season.